0: dose of tech news and insight. This is the Early Burb Briefing. A very strange automated Twitch ban. It is Friday, September 16th, 2022. The Steeler Burb Brief, and I'm Eagle Falcon. Bitcoin is down 1.15%. Down 1.58% over the course of the week. And Ethereum is down, and this is the one we were looking for. down 8.72% over the course of the week. So the Ethereum moving to proof of stake proved to have it drop massively in value. I thought it wasn't going to be that bad. It turns out, yes, it was that bad. I actually thought the price might have actually gone up with just more people buying into proof of stake to increase the amount of Ethereum they generate, but apparently not, apparently not. All right, let's talk about the odd automated ban. First, let's talk about the person who was banned. The person who was banned for only one hour, eight minutes and 36 seconds goes by the name HQ. She is a Ukrainian streamer who primarily streams Final Fantasy XIV And has been pretty much on the road until very recently escaping Ukraine just before the Russian invasion and pretty much having almost nowhere to go until only just recently when she flew to the United States and has something of a more long-term home. At least that's how it was explained to me. There's probably some details I missed somewhere along there. And in fact, in the past, she is a big enough streamer and is in fact a Twitch partner, that she has had an issue with scammers trying to impersonate her and trick her community into falling for various phishing links and fake giveaways and all kinds of things. And in fact, Zeppelin has tried to get Twitch to crack down on these imperson on these impersonators with. Limited results. So why am I bringing all this up? Well, like I said, she was banned. For one hour. The reason she was banned. For impersonating herself. Now this gets even better because. When you're banned, even for a short period of time. When the ban is lifted. There's a lot of damage that has been done. She lost. Over 150,000 followers. Her VODs are gone. They may have been recovered by now, but they were gone. And of course, who knows what else? Odds are pretty good that a bunch of subs were lost as well, which is literally financial damages at that point. And when you're talking about a streamer like Zeppla, who is already going through a lot of financial stress as it is, you know, having to, you know... ...run from your home that is being invaded and bombed, a blow like this is absolutely devastating, even if it appears that a lot of the damage that was done has been reverted 12 hours later. Of course, who knows if it's ever going to get back to what it was, it probably eventually will and eventually surpass it. But this is still absolutely something that should have never happened at all. So how did it happen? We will most likely never know. Twitch is not really one to actually go ahead and admit these kind of mistakes, but here's my theory. Do you remember a few years back when there was that huge problem with hate raiders that granted was only a handful of people that were using a colossal amount of automatically created accounts being used for chatbots spamming hateful messages? on repeat, to the point where no moderation team could keep up with it, doing it all manually. Well, Twitch mentioned that they were going ahead and implementing automated countermeasures to prevent anything like that from happening again after they failed to handle it for weeks. I wonder if between some bad reports and the fact that her Twitch name is HQ, including those two... Random letter, random air quotes, letters at the end of what she's normally known as Zeppla at the end, triggered something in the bots along with the report system and automatically made the ban. Of course, if that was the case, Twitch will never admit it. But I do have to wonder. In either case, this should have never happened at all. There is no excuse for this. And I do hope that things do get better for Miss Zeppla Moving on down the road. Now, speaking of oddball things in the world, Nintendo put out a, um, a port forwarding guide for Splatoon 3. Just in case your router was not properly forwarding traffic for Splatoon 3 to your Switch. I am going to give you the instructions they give. Word for word, you tell me if you see anything wrong. Step 1. Access your router's settings. Step 2 locate the port forwarding settings while locating will vary from router to router it will typically be located in the area titled firewall virtual server security or appliance applications and gaming three when asking for an application name you can enter any word and they put in parentheses nintendo switch four within the port range enter the starting port and the ed- ending port for the, for the Let me try that again. Within the port range, enter the starting port and the ending port to forward. For the Nintendo Switch consoles, this is port 1 through 65535. 5. Set the protocol as UDP. 6. Enter the IP address assigned to the console. Let me interject for a moment. No, it doesn't say how to get that. That actually would be rough for the average user to find your actual IP address that was assigned to the console by your router's DHCP. Seven, check apply or enable to turn on this rule. Eight, save the changes to the router. Can you spot the problem? I think the problem here is the fact that, it, that uh, by doing this, you have just forwarded all traffic in going from, from the world to your Nintendo Switch and only your Nintendo Switch. Including port 80. You know, the port that's used for web traffic. By doing this, you have A, made it so that anyone trying to access the network will just automatically be able to connect through the port, not get rejected in any way, shape, or form through the firewall, and it'll be directed straight to the Nintendo Switch. Do not, under any circumstances, follow these instructions. These instructions are really, really stupid. What what Nintendo should have done was just give us the port that is used. The other thing I'll also point out is the fact that the only majority of people do not need to port forward to use Splatoon 3 at all. Almost no one has needed to. So the fact that this has existed at all is mind-blowing completely and utterly there's no other way to phrase this so i guess we'll just have to see if nintendo wants to go ahead and give us the actual information to do it correctly in breaking news this actually broke as i'm recording this pretty much right now uber apparently is investigating a cyber security incident we have no information as to what it is information has been taken all we know is that uber has been hacked and they are looking into it right now we will probably have more information for you on eagle eyes on tech in a couple of days but speaking of uber the ftc is looking into protections for gig workers from unfair or deceptive algorithms now i find this really amusing because we actually haven't heard about exploits in the quote gig economy in quite some time even though there is quite a lot to potentially be exploited. The thing is with the gig economy is that anyone who signs up for one of these things like Uber, Lyft, DoorDash or whatever you are a subcontractor not an employee which means that you work on a rate negotiated between you and the person you are contracting with. For example my business is a subcontractor for many different hospitals and many different clinics. We negotiate a rate for how we go ahead and do their business and all the details of it. And I make sure the rate is enough that I can turn a profit and far more importantly, pay my employees and pay the bills to, make, to get the job done. But that it is still low enough that the person we are subcontracting with would accept our bid over, say, some other company that is, well, not me. In the case of a gig economy, you don't have that negotiation with Uber or Lyft. You just work for the rate they say and you have no choice in the matter. The same with a lot of these for that fact. But they want to reap the benefits of, in fact, that you are not an employee and thus don't have to pay attention to things such as the minimum wage or health insurance or anything of that nature. And that can be rather exploitative, as you can probably imagine. So to see the FTC kind of now finally step in this sort of thing years after the fact is curious. I don't know if things have been better or worse for people in the gig economy lately. I know this was a big, big issue that was brought up when Uber first launched. Like, it was mathematically impossible to turn a profit if you went ahead and got a vehicle specifically for Uber, whether it was new or used. So I am curious to see where this goes. Is there actually something here to actually help with? Or is this just one giant distraction? Or will the FTC have good intentions, and just make everything worse for everyone involved. That's going to do it for me. Stay safe and stay healthy.